Adapting live events for 2020 has been a challenge. With the shift to all digital events, our team has been creatively planning solutions that are taking our clients, webinars, and virtual events to the next level. Today, we're sitting down with a few of our seasoned team members that make the live arm of our business so successful. And I'm gonna turn it over to them so that they can introduce themselves and their roles within Brannigan and Brannigan Live. I guess ladies first, right, Jeff? You're right. Sorry, I should yeah. that. <laughs> Hi, this is Marlo McCormick. I am the Vice President of Client Experience at Brannigan and head up the overall um, Brannigan Live team. That's it? Is my, what else am I supposed to tell you more? <laughs> um, well, you, yeah, you do so much more. I'm Jeff McClellan, Senior Vice President of Creative at Brannigan, and I'm involved pretty much with anything that has to do with on the content side and also client uh, relationships as it um, centers around their their creative messaging. So, and that's where live events come into play, and that's how I get involved. And and Jeff and I really have been working together a lot lately, um, a lot because of uh, the transition of moving from live events to um, virtual events. So um, obviously we've been we've been busy in that transition and working together on that. Yeah, we're always trying to think of new ways so we can help our customers engage with customers in an interesting and informative and entertaining way. So in this new world that has caused us to think of uh, very innovative ways that we can help our clients communicate. Right. I, I'm sure it's it's definitely been a challenge to have to be innovative in the way that we are approaching events in this time. But first off, let's just let's just back up um, pre-COVID. How do you define event planning in the communication space? So pre-COVID, you know, my background is experiential marketing. I've been doing it for over um, 20 years now. And it was, um, you know, really having that one-on-one -on -one interaction for our clients with um, prospects, with current customers, and really um, showcasing their products. Obviously, we do a lot of um, B2B live events. So it was trade shows, um, customer events, um, press events, things like that. Um, so all of that live interaction, we had to find a solution for um, in order to have our clients continue to have their business move forward. So um, you know, we were dabbling in it a little bit. We, we had done webinars for a long time, um, even pre-COVID, and that is a way to communicate with um, customers and prospects and gain new customers, but really had to do the shift um, and working with Jeff more digitally um, to bring these virtual events to life. Yeah, but Marlo, like even pre-COVID, uh, you really took on a lot, though, with planning, right? I mean you're kind of sh shortchanging everything that well yeah there's a lot of planning obviously it, and it, it ties in with um you know the planning of the events making sure you're reaching the target audience making sure your messaging is clear making sure things are um done on a timely basis a lot of the things we would do at brannigan would be around um, trade shows with like product launches and making sure all of the elements were incorporated, whether it was a media launch, just a product launch, customer um, sales materials, things like that. So, um, you know, my background, I'm, I'm a list maker and a very structured, um, organized 
person. So I think those are my skill set that just helped me be successful um, in my job and, and when working with clients and planning events. Well, plus the whole idea was you would make their job and life a little easier too by taking care of details. Yeah. Everything yeah. like from rooms to meetings to, right, to what to do. Mm-hmm. With so, people. yeah. I mean, sometimes we would be doing the, um, I would say, like more hospitality side of things, you know, whether it's like a, an event or a dinner or activity. And then other times it was more on the business side where we'd be at a trade show and working with them on their um, booth and print graphics and sales materials, things like that. Um, but um, a lot of times I can either work as an extension of a client's team. So I'm like part of their corporate events team. And then other times um, I am working on their behalf with, with their other partners. So um, it's really up to what the needs of the clients are and what their bandwidth is. You know, a lot of times, a lot of companies don't have um, events throughout the year. So they just need someone um, maybe one quarter out of the year or, or twice a year. And that's where it would come in and I, I play an extension of their team. So it's worked really well for the clients um, that we've been working with. In pre-COVID days, which was eight months ago, um, we would work directly with clients and coming up with what the creative messaging would be to get people into their booth and also close the loop with the graphics and messaging at the booth. And then, you know, that, that would hopefully open doors with them to have conversations. Um, specifically, this is specifically at trade shows with customers um, and now, you know, those graphics and that ability to bring, bring customers in on a one-to-one basis is, isn't really happening. So, so that's, that's where you sort of pivoted and like, right. I know right. things that used to be materials you'd create that would be, you know, on display at an event or at a trade show. Now we have to think of a better way to get that in the hands of prospects and customers and how to, you know, have that audience. We all have Zoom fatigue at this point um, and really have to figure out what, um, and I refer to it as like sales enablement is what we're doing for a lot of the clients. Um, Just giving them the resources and materials to still try to have those interactions with prospects and customers, um, even though you're not physically there face-to-face. Yeah, exactly. I Clients, I hear they say, we don't want to do another webinar. We're tired of webinars. And like you say, Marlo, everybody's got Zoom fatigue. It's just, you know, people aren't, this last thing people want to do is jump on another Zoom call. So how do we work with them to come up with, you know, fun, entertaining ways that they can uh, get their message out and ideally sell stuff? Right. That, that's got to be challenging because I feel like at first it must have been great because we we knew that we had to have this shift to the to the digital side for for all aspects of our business at Brannigan really and that allowed us to try out new things and like you said there is this fatigue now where do you come up with ideas or inspiration for um introducing new things for clients well you have to know what's out there you know talking to our um our partners in video production and event planning, you know, that we would use outside support 
And, you know, they a lot of times have their finger on the pulse as far as new technology. So it's, it's really paying attention to what they can offer and then what we can then bring to clients when we hear what clients are um, asking us to do to help them solve this problem. Do you think it's required you to be more aware of clients' audiences than ever before? No, I don't I think do. so. You do. <laughs> yeah, I disagree. Well, I mean, I feel like we have been aware of their audiences. It's yeah. just thinking about it a little differently. So maybe I answered that wrong. I think it's just, <laughs> just true, be You're more right. creative. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, yeah, know, no, we, we know their audiences pretty well, but it's just thinking of how else we can support them. Right, right. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned apps, Marlo. We found that this gives, you know, the, the apps that we, do, that we provide, that we've developed for clients, they were um, initially ideal for one-on-one -on -one sales presentations, but now clients have seen how cool that they work. And we've been able to help them adapt the apps to something that's kind of, that's more web-based that they can actually use to present, you know, either to smaller groups of clients online. And so it's, you know, really has helped solve that problem of them not being able to travel or be in one-on-one -on -one situations with clients. Um, you know, it's an example how, you know, going back to your question, Lauren, about how we know that you know, what kinds of technology, how do we know that's out there? It's just thinking creatively about what we have at our disposal now and then, and then pointing that out to clients and saying, hey, this is something that you, you know, really should use because it can give you a nice 3D tour through your, um, your product line that, you know, people would be interested in. And it's not the typical webinars or Zoom approach to doing things. Sure. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds interesting. Um, and just like Marla said, just having to rethink kind of the ways that you're approaching your audience. Um, so hopefully, I mean, post pandemic, if I can, can say that, I know it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but hopefully that's something that we'll be able to take even beyond this. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. Here's a question. And there's obviously a cost savings. One more thing, there's a cost savings, you know, with that companies are finding. They spend a lot of money on trade shows and events, and they definitely um, have their advantages. But in these times, they're realizing, okay, how else budgets are being cut because maybe production and sales aren't as high, too, so they don't have unlimited funds anymore. Mm -hmm. But they're finding more ways to um, use their budget more conservatively and and still hopefully reach their audience and, and get some similar results. Yeah, we have clients who sell big things, you know, equipment and machinery, and it's very expensive for them to go to trade shows, um, you know, whether it's in New York or Las Vegas or Chicago, and, you know, for the setup, not just for the booth, but just to move that equipment in there. And now they're realizing that they can, they can show off their products to customers and prospects without actually having them see it in person. And they're realizing it's a huge cost savings. So, and that, you know, that's kind of the problem. And then we, we do have the ideas and the, and the technology and solutions that we can help them, um, you know, avoid that expense down the road. And I think that that's, you know, in talking to them, as they realize they've had, they've been experiencing experiencing some success in, in presenting products virtually, 
that they, you know, may not, they'll go to trade shows, but they're not going to be bringing all that stuff that they used to bring. So that's maybe one positive that they can, um, they can take from this, this environment that we're in. So you think that'll stick then? Yeah, I do. You know, I, for sure, trade shows will come back. Uh, people just want to be around people. They really mm -hmm. want to have that, you know, the ability to, to meet and, and visit and establish those personal relationships that you don't have virtually. But they're realizing they don't have to um, actually bring things, you know, their equipment in. You know, they're realizing that they can tell that story without having to, um, you know, pay for all that, you know, all pay for that extra expense of, uh, of yeah. transportation. It's a huge expense to bring in, you know, large equipment, they call it drainage, to, into um, convention centers and things like that. And I think um, our clients, you know, will still want to get to trade shows and do trade shows. But like Jeff mentioned, they might have a much smaller um, footprint when they're there. They might use their time a little differently and, um, you know, have more customer hospitality events along with the trade show booth just to get back to that one-on-one um, -on -one interaction because it, it is still important. You know, we never want to really see that go away. Um, trade shows still into 2021 for several of our clients have been canceled. It looks like some are still, um, they're looking towards the fall of 2021. Um, and clients are still hesitant, but are uh, looking towards the end of next year to still participate. So fingers crossed that those continue to stay on the schedule and, and can happen. Do you feel like you've been in situations this year where you've had to totally um, pivot from in-person to virtual and you haven't had a lot of time to work with it? We've had to cancel some trade shows. Obviously, some clients had trade shows that were canceling, um, but we knew in March that something is changing and most of the shows were at the end of the year. So we didn't put the time and expense into building some of these things and, and were hesitant to make anything. So it saved the customers uh, money but then also have the time to think of how else we can support it. They were also relying, for the example of trade shows, on if the promoter was actually going to cancel the show, if they were going to do a virtual show. And if that was the case, then Jeff and his team would jump in with more content and materials that way. So we still support our clients that way. So it just, it was kind of up in the air, but everybody was in the same boat. So it wasn't like, you know, find me a solution right now. I mean, we talked and, we are, for the most part, extensions of our clients' team. So we have good working relationships and, and worked on it together, for the most part, to find some solutions. One of our longtime clients in the vision industry um, realized that their show, they have, they have two major shows uh, in the year, and the show in September was going to be canceled. And they also weren't able to do the show that they had this past March. Anyhow, so they were, you know, so they've gone now basically a whole year without meeting with customers like they would traditionally do. So they came to us and it's like, okay, how do we do a virtual trade show? That's not a webinar. That's not a zoom call. That's, um, that's going to be something different, but still allows us to have a one-on-one -on -one interaction with customers and still show our technology. So we, so we worked with them. We put the, the, the right team together, the right people with them, and working within, within their budget limitations 
to um, come up with, uh, you know, this really, I, th I think, effective live stream event for them that they actually were able to produce and, you know, turned it around pretty quickly within the course of was less than two months we were able to help them you know actually direct them with the concept and the graphics behind it and put the team together rehearsals and you know they were very cooperative they had a vision have to give them credit for what they wanted to do and so we were just able to play the role to help them realize that vision and bring it to life and it's worked out real well for them They've had, you know, they've had their customers say, I, you know, I got more information, was able to spend more time with you than I would at a, at a trade show. So, you know, in that aspect, in that respect, it's been very positive. Yeah. And they were able to then um, record all these events and then use this content later. Right. So yeah. it's really, you know, we try to maximize you know, our clients budgets on everything that we do. If, um, you know, you create one piece of content and you're spending the time and investing in it, how else can you use it and, um, you know, reformat it, reposition it, you know, how else can you use it so that uh, it could be in another version or another way to reach your, your prospect or customer. So that is one way too, where it's, you know, been more cost effective to do this um, and, you know, use it as touch points after the event as well. So do you still feel like you're able to maintain this human element to virtual events? I mean, it sounds like there's been good feedback from clients, customers that they were still able to have a personalized experience. But do you think that that's, has that been something that you've had to have a strong focus on? I think having a human element is important to everything we do to relate to people in an emotional way, you know, that fits what their interests are. Like nothing replaces that one-on-one -on -one interaction. Even just being out of your normal environment when you're at an event or a trade show and just, you know, and you're in a different city and, and you're with people and you just have different experiences and, and you get to know them on a different level. I think, you know, that is not replaceable, you know, in this virtual world. Yeah, but as far as the yeah. con continuing doing business and keeping doors open is very doable. Um, but I think in general, people, people just want that. They're craving that interaction probably because in general, everybody's lives are on lockdown a little bit more and, you know, you, you want that back. So this will continue and business will go on, but, it, but it's not replaceable. Yeah, I think it's one, well, it's one of the tenets we operate here on at Brannigan is that, you know, people do business with people they like. It's a relationship business and our clients are all really involved in relationship um, building. And, you know, they're not selling, generally speaking, they're not selling low cost items. They're selling very high value items. So to them, it's very important to maintain relationships and build new relationships. And there's really no, there's no, uh, no substitute for that other than, you know, the ability to get together and to see where people, um, you know, get just get to know them personally and, you know, make those connections that you can't do even, you know, even on a live stream event, you know, and, you know, those are most effective when you're already presenting to people that you know and customers that you know and introducing new, new technology uh, to them. Um, it's a little tough, I think, to to build new prospects that way and, and establish those, those longer-term relationships. 
at least that's that's my opinion um you know everything you know that's why i don't think live events and customer events um in internal even even with employees you know that's not going to go away it's you know the more we know about each other the more we can relate to each other the um the better business happens mm -hmm. i agree just shifting gears a little bit away from how things are going with virtual events right now, just in general, what do you think are the most important elements behind pulling off a great brand experience for a client? Well, I think obviously knowing your, knowing your audience, what are their goals, having clear messaging, what, it, what's the outcome, you know, what are they trying to get out of this branded experience and, you know, my background, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty organized. So I think you, you have to have that in place and have, have everybody on point. Um, but really being on the same page with your client, you know, in order to meet or exceed their expectations. Yeah, I would agree. It's not much I can add to that. You really just have to know. You can't just put stuff out there that you want to hear or what you want to talk about. You have to know what they want to know. You know what your customer wants to know. Otherwise, they're you know they'll just ignore you. It's like anything, any communications tactic. It's got to be informative and interesting or entertaining. It's got to be something that they want to that they want to personally engage with. And it, it's it's the same in coming up with 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 these events, these virtual virtual events. I think a lot of times people get hung up. Um, on oh this is a really cool technology so let's just put this out there and you know people are gonna you know they'll they'll come because they it's it's really neat and and then and then when they see see like oh shoot we didn't get the number of people we thought we were gonna get it's because they're not they're not giving people the information that they want to hear so they're they're letting the technology drive um, the the event rather than letting the messaging um, drive it. And, and really learning or really understanding what their customers want to get out of the event. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it, it does always come back to less is more. Not always, but I think sometimes you need to remember just going back to the basics. And clearly that can be helpful in this space sometimes. Yeah. We have to avoid the shiny, you know, going after the shiny objects. That's yeah, yeah. There. Which I'm sure is really easy to do. And especially in, in any... In the communications industry, in any industry, there's always a pressure to keep up with what's what's happening in, in the industry right now because it's always changing. It's changing right. like the speed of light. I mean, especially in a time where we're forced to adapt overnight, basically. Um, so I think, I think it's hard to not get caught up in that, but clearly um, you guys have struck that balance um, in your own projects. Well, we try to. <laughs> it's always a work in progress. Yeah. So I was just wondering, looking at to the future, what do you think? I mean, no one knows uh, where things are going to go and what the timeline is going to be for um, the way of the world right now. But what do you think 2021 and beyond looks like for the event planning industry in general? And you can talk about... Um, like, what do you think are going to be some challenges and also some opportunities on the flip side that we'll see? Well, I think, you know, like I mentioned, 2021 and beyond right now, some clients are looking towards the end of 
2021. I think a lot rides on um, there's a vaccine um, that's going to come out on the horizon. Um, clients also are, you know, reallocating their budgets for next year. So it may not be until the following year if um, we get back on track and budgets are allocated for trade shows. You know, we'll continue to support our clients um, with um, virtual events. We also, if we can get back to smaller, um, like customer hospitality type events, you know, we'll be able to do that um, continuing. Also, as we found, you know, a lot more things can be done outdoors versus indoors. So depending upon what market you're in and where prospects and clients are, there might be some more opportunity to do more outdoor type of items that um, maybe are more of that um, personal interaction versus a big display or things like that. But there's plenty of things that we can do outside to brand an area or have messaging or things like that that could also work for our clients. So I definitely think, you know, we're still in this um, time that it's somewhat unknown, but I'm hoping by maybe third or fourth quarter next year, we get back to some normalcy and, and have some uh, more traditional type of interaction. Yeah, I agree. I think there's for sure there will be more events, but I think the challenge is going to be how now to balance what, what we've learned and what clients have learned in, in, in this environment now. And then, you know, what's the, what's the ideal hybrid when, when, you know, shows do come back and, and customer events do come back. Um, you know, I think it's not, a, it's going to be hard to predict. It's, I bet, you know, a year from now or a year and a half from now, it's going to be, you know, I, it's going to be different than what we even, you know, try to envision now. Yeah, especially too, based on like how large they were. Obviously, it's like hundreds of thousands of people going through an exhibition hall. And, and like I said, maybe, maybe it's more intimate interactions on smaller scale or, um, you know, more tailored, tailored shows based on certain industries and things like that. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I, I, and I welcome that opportunity too, because sometimes you can't even get to as many places as you want to be for a three-day weekend and, the, and there's exhaustion from the salespeople and from the people working them. So it's definitely an opportunity to rethink how it all works and, and what might be the best um, setup for, for, or the ideal setup for a trade show event. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of, it's exciting in a way. I think, you know, the innovation will continue. Well, and only time can tell. Right. So, I mean, it's it's good to see that you guys are optimistic about it. I think we've been able to hopefully settle into the strangeness that we are in right now. And like you said, Jeff, the more flexible we can be, the better that will serve us as a company. Well, exactly. Right. Right. Do you, either of you have anything to add that I, I didn't cover? Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it's been interesting... You know, a lot. I guess one thing that's different about us, to put a little bit of a sales pitch in for brand again, and our approach to live events is that it's not, it's not this separate department that's over there, this separate exhibit group. Um, you know, we work closely together. You know, Marlo and our group, in um, in determining, you know, what's a consistent, engaging, creative way you know, that we can um, help our clients, you know, produce the best possible 
you know, live event. I was going to say, it's just totally integrated. You know what I mean? Like it's between having us do content creative, maybe execute something. Then you look at a digital or social side of things. So we're looking at it from all aspects. And even though a client may engage us for one thing, we're constantly trying to think of ways that, like I said, reuse content or things like that and really help them overall um, uh, in a cost-effective way. Right. And it's not just, yeah, it's just not just the creative side. It's the digital side. It's the live event side. It's, um, you know, media relations. It's everything that, you know, we can bring to a, you know, to a client's event that I think, you know, we add value that other places really can't or don't, don't want to. I would agree. It's really all hands on deck. Truly. I mean, we have our, we have our designated teams at Brannigan, but you know, when there's an event on the table, everyone's able to join in and, and help out with, with the Brannigan live team. So I think that that is really special. Well, great. Yeah. Thanks for including me in the Brannigan live team. Yeah. Jeff, you know <laughs> you for work joining. for me, right? <laughs> yes, you I do. You know you work for me. <laughs> Learn more about Brannigan on our new website, BranniganInc.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and subscribe to our email newsletter, Brannigan Plus, for the latest. Stay tuned for new episodes of the Brannigan Podcast coming soon. Thanks for listening.